podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Glasgow Screen Podcast, aka Gigpod. I'm Stevie and I'm joined by the unflappable John Reid today where, even though Celtic didn't play this weekend, we do have to talk about the big news in midweek. John, that big boat in Egypt, absolutely heartbreaking, isn't it? I know it's like the equivalent of like Harambe the gorilla for a couple of years ago. <laughs> so hopefully somebody can uh, save the boat before it has to get destroyed. But seriously, we're here to talk about Scott Brown, who will leave the club after 14 successful years to join Aberdeen in the summer as a player coach. Now, John, it was heavily speculated this would be happening, so when Celtic did announce it, minutes after Aberdeen initially, it was still a heavy blow because, like him or not, Scott Brown is a Celtic legend. He's won 22 trophies with Celtic, 10 Scottish titles, 6 Scottish Cups and 6 League Cups, making him one of the most incredibly decorated captains in our history. Reid, so were you gutted with this news when it officially broke? Not really, because I expected it. I'm just a bit surprised. It's not going to be an easy job up there. They've got a lot of demanding fans, and we know some of them. I think they think they're a bigger club than they are. Let's face it, their glory days were like nearly 40 years ago. And I don't think it's going to be an easy job. I mean, I think Stephen Glass will be under pressure to get results early on. But then I, I wouldn't have shot him if Bruno ended up doing well because he's a winner. Okay, Hibbs never won any trophies, but he did win his move to Celtic. And since he's been at Celtic, he's been a fantastic player. He's the sort of guy that deserves a, a statue. No, no, uh, no Lenny. So I might change that now to a, a Scott Brown statue. But uh, no, it was, uh, I suppose, just the way it ended is really a bit sad. I mean, we didn't win the league. There's no fans here to give him like, a trio. Hopefully we can win the Scottish Cup for him. That'd be a fitting way for him to go on top where he belongs. But I know, I mean, he'll back himself to do well at Aberdeen. And I don't know if Aberdeen do well. You never know in a few years. And he might end up back at Celtic Park. And he might end up getting a statue at Petaudry as well, John. That's probably too far. Right, so, John, let's talk about Scott Brown. But before he joined Celtic now, he was a dynamic midfielder at Hibs. Played a very different role to what he does at Celtic nowadays. I always thought, you know, growing up watching Scott Brown... In the early games in 2004, 5, 2006, 7, he was a nightmare. You hated him. Like the way oppositions, opposition fans are now with Scott Brown at Celtic is the way we were with him at Hibs. He's been like that all throughout his career. But was there any games when Scott Brown played for Hibs that you thought, I wish we'd actually sign him because he was such a standout for myself? It was the game they beat us 3 1 in April 2005. It was one where it pretty much the pendulum started swinging in Rangers' favour, and they would win the league at Easter Road that season. Scott Brown, second half, terrorised us. He killed Big Yosso Haran, who I think was left back at the time. He ran rampant that day in the second half. He, he really ragdolled us. But we had to obviously respect the fact that that performance he put in that day was just dynamite. So that was the one for myself. The 3-1 game in 2005. But of course, it would go on to even run Rangers ragged earlier that year. There was a game Hibs won 3-0 at Ibrox. Ivan Sproul scored a hat-trick. Scott Brown's assist for him in that game where he ran the length of the field to set up the third. Utterly magnificent. It was a totally different style of footballer for Hibs to what he developed into at Celtic. 
But what about the games that Scott Brown was dominating for Hibs against Celtic that you were watching then? What ones really stand out for yourself? Well, as you said, that one at Ibrox, I remember in particular, I think it may have been the second goal. He went on like, a run well, inside the Hibs half, uh, into the Rangers half. He set the, the ball up with a great pass for Sproul. And he really was a different player than he was in the sort of defensive midfield general that he's been at Celtic for years. He was more of a box-to-box midfielder. And when we originally signed him, I thought that's what he was going to be. But it, it didn't really turn out to be that after, uh, I think, after his first season, really. I remember his last ever game for Hibs. I think he scored against us. I think it had been announced that uh, he was joining us. I think it was the end of the 2005-06 season. And he, I think he scored a diving header. It was the end of the 2006 season. Oh, 2006-07, that's right. Sorry, 2006-07. But it, I think he scored like a flying header, which is sort of unlike Bruni. But I know um, it was an exciting signing when we made it. And of course, it did get one over on the old Rangers because on a video on YouTube, I think it might still be on YouTube, they, their fans had sang at Easter Road, we're going to sign Scott Brown. Because that was always the big rumour that he was going to sign for Rangers because he was quote-unquote a Rangers fan. Don't know if he was. Doesn't matter now because he's a Celtic legend forever. And of course he didn't sign for them. He signed for us. But I'm sure we'd been linked with him and Thompson for ages. And I think we tried. We did try to sign Thompson, I'm sure, uh, earlier that season. We ended up signing a much better player anyway. So, no loss. Interesting you say that though because I did think at the time Kevin Thompson signing for Rangers was a very, very big move for them. Initially, obviously, you look at it now, it hasn't really mattered a jot, but I remember thinking Kevin Thompson was a great player. He always seemed to be, like, Bruni was so dynamic for Hibs, and he was always right in our faces, whereas behind the scenes it was more, Kevin Thompson was a calm, controlled player, but he pulled the strings. He, he, he played more as a deep-line playmaker than anything for Hibs. I remember, I think, he scored a goal against us in a two-each draw at Easter Road. He made it 2-0, actually. I always remember Kevin Thompson was a right, right good player for Hibs. And when Rangers signed him, I was concerned. There was also a game where Kevin Thompson was outstanding. Rangers won 1-0 March 2007. It was Ugo Ekeog that scored. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Thompson was brilliant. He was really, really good in midfield for them. So I always thought we were going into that game. We're going to hammer them and we just get water smithed. Point is, Rangers potentially with Kevin Thompson and Scott Brown in that midfield, that could have been a nightmare for us. When it turns out that we beat Rangers to the capture of Scott Brown, that was a big move for us. And when you look at where both of the players are in their careers now, Scott, well, Scott Brown's still playing. Kevin Thompson, unfortunately, had to retire through injury. Brown was just the most successful footballer. It was a great move for him. It was a great move for Celtic. Just going to ask you now, John, when it was announced that Celtic paid £4.4 million to Pip Rangers, Tottenham and Everton for Brown's signature, where were you when that was announced? Because it was a huge deal. At that time, I was in Florida with my pal who supported Rangers, who was stunned that we signed Scott Brown because he had it in his head. He was at Easter Road that day singing that song, and he couldn't believe that we'd basically gazumped him to it. But where were you when we signed Scott Brown? I don't actually remember where I was, but I remember hearing the news and I was surprised because even then, even though we'd spent like big money in the likes of Hearts and Sutton, it was still about New Orleans for Celtic to spend... 4.4 million on a young Scottish player because I mean Brown was still at the beginning of his career then people might have thought it was paying too much money but no it was really a, a sort of statement move that Brown was going to be a, a huge player for Celtic but I mean I don't think anybody thought he was going to be as, as successful as he was 
we'll go into his seasons, but I mean, his first season, don't forget, like, he ended up losing his place in the team, like in the running. But it's, I mean, when we signed him, I think we obviously all thought he's going to be a good player and he'll beat Celtic for a while at least. But I don't think they thought he'd be there for so many years and one of the most successful players in Celtic's history. I don't think anybody saw that coming. When he was signed in 2007, he made his debut in a goalless draw against Kilmarnock. Awful game. It was Pelton, I think, John. I'm fairly certain in that game. On forums, when we drew 0-0, like, people were screaming for Stratton to go. I mean, that's good old Celtic forums. It would, it would still be the same, especially now anyway, if we drew 0-0 with Kilmarnock at home. But it was such a poor, poor performance. But Scott Brown got through that one because then 10 days later, eh, we played Spartak Moscow. We drew one each of them eh, over in Russia. Scott Brown had a fantastic game. I think he cleared a header off the line to keep the score level. And I'm right in saying McGeady put a ball through for him. He thought he was offside. He could have taken it around the keeper to score a winner. But I think he thought he was offside. Dilly-dallied. And in the end, I think it was ex-gig pod legend Stipe Plitikosa who recovered it in the end. Do you remember that one? I remember the one where he was clean through because I remember Ganaf Mahid when he didn't score. But that was sort of something you didn't... Well, in his first couple of seasons, you saw that more for Brown like, breaking forward to get into play. But as the years went on, we didn't really see that much. And when he scored, it was like, with the blue. And that's how they used to go so crazy when he scored. And like, he used to go crazy and always scored. But no, that was a great performance, that Spartak game. Because that make knee bones about it. That was a right hard draw. I mean, getting to the Champions League that season is one of probably the biggest achievements Stratton does. I know it's Stratton's not really... Look back on that fondly. Uh, his time at Celtic, for various reasons, some of them I can understand why the football we played a lot of the time was dreary. But we did space. We did very well in Europe, especially. And I mean, if if you think qualifying for the Champions League this season is going to be hard, it was hard still even then. And that was with Celtic, the much better team. But no, I mean, that was the first time he really showed Brown with the sort of player he could be. And he did perform well for us in Europe over the years, no doubt. Scott Brown in 2007-2008 made 34 league appearances, three in the Scottish Cup, two in the League Cup and nine in Europe, 48 overall. He scored three goals for us, all three came in the league. The most memorable of those three, John, was a goal, I think it was like a, a lobbed effort, if memory serves me correctly and a 5-1 win at the Old Love Street against St Mirren and what Scott Brown did for Hibs and just got in the opponent's faces, he started doing that for Celtic. And it was just that was the start of him just basically stamping his authority on games and being a wind up merchant. He wound up a guy for St. Mirren called I think it was Roderick Miranda, who was I a left back. I think it was Jimmy Miranda. I'm sure it was Jimmy Miranda. Whatever okay, Miranda better half of Miranda Hart. But <laughs> it was the fact that he just wound him up and the guy Miranda actually scored a screamer in that game he as did. well. But he did. he did cracker, but Scott Brown wound him up all game and just spent about 20 minutes laughing at him. The guy Miranda was raging. And I think that was the 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 start of Bruni's uh, antagonising opponents gimmick. In the 07-08 season as well, John, of course, Scott Brown went through a pretty traumatic sort of time personally when he lost his sister. And I remember, of course... There was that, as well as the fact that Tommy Burns passed away in that particular season as well. So it must have been very, very difficult for him, considering I think Tommy Burns was a big part of integrating him into the culture at Celtic at the time. But you mentioned earlier as well, John, that Scott Brown being out of the team ended up helping us win the league in 07-08. 
along with the fact that Rangers had a ridiculous schedule and ended up bottling it too. But how do you think his first season went overall? I think it went no bad overall because we did end up winning the league, which we all wanted. I mean, as, as you say, he had to deal with a lot of on-the-pitch difficulties and he was dropped towards the end of the season. He was suspended, as I remember, and Paul Hartley and Barry Robson ended up playing in the middle of the park and uh, they were both excellent, chipped in with big goals and big performances. But no, I mean, the fact that he managed to overcome, like, what must that must have been difficult for him on the pitch as well as off the pitch that season, like, like prosper for so many years after it is test- testament to the sort of character that he has. I'm sure he must have been like, a bit annoyed about losing his place in the team, but as I, I remember when we won the league up at Tardis, he was right in there with the celebrations going mad. No, maybe it sort of gave him even more motivation to become a main man for Celtic, which he ended up doing for the next season forward. Yeah, the next season after that, 08-09, of course, never won the title, but Strachan did praise Brown because he reinvented himself as a more defensive-minded player. He was taking on a lot of defensive duties, but he still contributed goals to his game. He actually scored more goals in the 08-09 season. Seven in total, five in the league, one in the Scottish Cup and one in the League Cup. Celtic, of course, won the League Cup in March 2009. Do you remember the performance he put in when we beat Rangers 2-0 at Hamden? I was brilliant. One of his best performances against Rangers. He ran the midfield. He nearly scored as well on a couple of occasions. Look with some brilliant shots. It went just over the bar. I'm sure they get man of the match that day. I'm sure on YouTube, but there's highlights of the game when he got man of the match. But no, I mean, that was what it was all about that day. Controlling the midfield. He controlled that especially in the extra time. Well, we had like countless chances. I think we'd like, we scored twice in the extra time, but we could easily have scored like four or five. We dominated the extra time. A big part of that was Dunny Brown. That was like him driving forward a lot in the games. Didn't he always do that against Rangers? But he did that day. And he was excellent. One of his best ever performances against him. On the final game against Rangers of the season, uh, May 2009, it was lashing down with rain. Stephen Davis scored the winner in the game. Scott Brown was suspended. We missed him. We missed that dig. We missed the bite. And it was ironic because against Rangers the season before, it was Hartley and Robson that were the big dogs for us in midfield. But Scott Brown grew into such a big player for us. And, you know, a year later... He was such a miss in that game at Ibrooks. Of course, it was a disappointing end for Celtic that season, especially for Strachan. When Tony Mowbray was announced as the manager, a lot of people were thinking, well, Scott Brown might be a different player and he might be even better for Celtic because it was under Mowbray initially at Hibs that he was just flying. How did you think that was going to go, John, in the 0-9-10 season? Um, under Tony Mowbray, with Scott Brown uniting with him again? I thought it was going to lead to like Brown having a superb season. Under Mowbray, where he'd flourished at Hibs. I mean, he was a guy I think that brought him into the Hibs team. No, Bob Williamson brought him into the Hibs team, but he, he, he did thrive under Mowbray's management. And I thought it'd be perfect for each other, but it didn't happen. And Mowbray was a truly terrible manager. Brown didn't have his best season that season. Well, he did end up getting made Celtic captain that season. That was one of the few good things Mowbray done in his time at the club. But no, that season is just a big disappointment. Probably a bit similar this season when you think about it. Although. Probably not as bad as we realised this season. But uh, no, that was something that I everybody thought was going to be brilliant and it just didn't turn out that way. Brown made a comeback in February 2010 as a sub in a game against Kilmarnock that is ultimately now known as the Robbie Keane game. So he took captaincy of the team during the match and then a week later, Mowbray said that Brown would assume the Celtic captaincy, which he has kept pretty much ever since then. I remember a couple of weeks after that, Brown was sent off 
in the game against Rangers at the end of February when him and Kyle Lafferty, it was such a non-event. It was just ridiculous. I think Brown, what, stookied him or something in the chest. It was, again, I'm making it sound worse than what it actually was. There was nothing in it, but Lafferty exaggerated. Uh, the ref sent off Brown. It was extremely harsh. But I remember I was at Ibrooks that particular match, John. You know what it's like when you're in the Broomland. You know, your emotions and everything take over. And at that point, I was screaming for Brown never to wear a Celtic jersey again. Of course, there was no replay of this. There was no second viewing as to what happened. I remember just going with that and thinking Brown's been a hothead and been an idiot. And and after the game, just not wanting to see him again in a Celtic shirt. Pretty much shouting and bawling, saying he cost us it. When the reality was, it was just an incredibly ridiculous decision. Thankfully, John, my rants in the moment have absolutely no bearing on what happens at Celtic Football Club because if they did, Scott Brown would have been out in the street after that. That one you talk about, I watched that game on the telly in my mate Dave's house and uh, Brown was very unlucky. He got sent off. That was a typical refereeing decision in a Celtic Rangers game. If I think everybody knows what I mean. But no, he was unlucky that game. That was a poor Celtic team anyway, I think. We're never going to win the league. But no, he didn't really deserve... Any major flack for that. But no, I mean, that season overall was just really, really bad. And in a way, it's a surprise that the season after was so, even though within the league, it was so successful in the way we played football when you look at who the manager was. <laughs> after being appointed manager on a permanent basis that summer, Neil Lennon retained Brown as captain because he said that he contributed significantly to Lennon keeping his position. But yeah, John, in the 2010-2011 season, Scott Brown was brilliant for Celtic. Um, he got his first goal of the season against his old team, Hibs. Brilliant volley to make it 1-0. I think that game, Efren Juarez scored as well. I think he might have, I. A header, I think he did, and a 2-1 win. And Brown ended up being out for six weeks. He came back when we beat St Johnston 2-0, which was a strange game. I think Chas scored a fluke, but still a screamer. And then Key scored as well. And then, a few days later, we beat Motherwell 1-0. Patrick McCourt scored a cracker. But he was sent off in the 89th minute. Thanks for that referee. Meaning he missed the game against Rangers on the 2nd of January, which would be known as Samaras Sunday, of course. After that game, Scott Brown, for the second half of the season, John Light Celtic, was just brilliant. We were flying. And yes, we didn't win the league. Yes, we let ourselves down with that ridiculous crap at Inverness. But overall, it was great to see him back enjoying football. Celtic were enjoying football as well. And he at least won the Scottish Cup. And it was another medal to his collection that season. First trophy as a Celtic captain. He was excellent for the most part that season. I remind he was excellent in that game at Ibrox. When we went 3-0. When we uh, demolished them. It was like 3-0 going on 5 nothing. We really, really should have won the league that season. That's a right singer. Even now, it's annoying the way we completely... Arsed up, up at Inverness, but no being professional and just being stupid. But uh, no, that was a great season in hindsight. I mean, looking back 10 years, probably some of the best football Celtic have played in the last 10 years that season. I mean, it came, and I know everybody doesn't like him much to know for obvious reasons, but Neil Statue Lennon uh, did have Celtic playing excellent football that season. Even guys like, like Anthony Stokes, who I know will probably never be a, a huge fan's favourite, but I mean, he was great that season, having Hooper's partnership. I think that was our best partnership. They might have scored more goals in our season, but they worked well together. Chris Commons, who I know 
people don't like nowadays because he's media stuff. I mean, he was a, I know he's about a bum now, but he was absolutely, he was a great player for us. He was brilliant that season, scored some huge goals against Rangers. And Brown was just, in the middle of it all, like him and Joe Ledley performed well together. That was a really good Celtic team. It's just a pity we didn't win the league. But it did give us the confidence after a rocky start the next season to go in and start the nine years of domination. Indeed. And before I talk about the start of that, that particular season, Brown had beefs like he does with various Rangers players. And we'll go into them later. In the 10-11 season, uh, you had El Hasjouf and you had Kyle Bartley just being wound up by Brown. Does anything stick out? in your mind when it comes to the players and the wind-ups that Brown used to dish out with them? Well, the Bruni, of course. I mind at the time, I'd, I'd, I got off the ticket for that game and I meant for it was them, I didn't go. But uh, I can't remember why, I was probably being daft as usual. But uh, no, I mean, I watched that in the telly. Uh, I think I watched it in my mom's, I didn't watch it in the pub. <laughs> Interesting story, that. What's the game in my mum's and not in the pub? <laughs> No, I remember seeing the celebration. I mean, we all went mad and Celtic scored. And then after I launched it back, I saw the celebration. I thought, that's that's going to be big. I mean, Jufford came to Rangers as a, as a big personality. Like, he came in January. I think everybody was all eagerly awaiting uh, him and Brown. Like, sort of the confrontation. Obviously, the press built up as usual, they always do. And, I mean, Brown just took it and made it his own that moment. I mean, that's another great performance, that performance that day. I can't believe praising Neil Lennon, but with ten men for loads of the game, and like we played like you would never know that, and like Brown didn't score. I think that was his only goal against Rangers. No, I remember he scored the penalty in the three-two game. His only important goal against Rangers. That one was like, I mean, in this one, and like a goal for like 25-30 yards. Like unlike him, really, and it was just a great goal and a great moment. I, the only thing with Bartley is, I'm sure. Bartley done a done a dodgy tackle on him when we beat them three nothing. I was just going to talk about that, and Brown just got up and laughed at him. And Kyle Bartley was giving it the big hard man act after it. But well, when you're winning a three 0 in a game, that's the real winner there, isn't it? Was that not the season after though? Come to think it, we beat them three 0 There was two. We beat them three 0 in ten eleven, and we beat them three 0 in the eleven twelve season. And what would be the last old firm game ever? Apparently, depending on what blog you read. <laughs> Well, I just remember that, and like it didn't really bother Brown. Like he just got him dusted himself off as like usual did. But no, I don't know. You could write a book about that season. Maybe somebody will. That isn't yeah. That isn't like me saying I'd like to announce the Celtic 10-11 book. But no, I mean because it was just so unexpected that the season before would be so absolutely crap and nowhere. And then we actually still won the league the season later, so you never know that might happen again next season. Except hopefully win the league. And then Scott Brown, remember as well, was played wide right, partly due to the form of players such as Berm Kayal, Joe Ledley, and Ki Sung Young. But Brown was able to play wide and accommodate them and still chipped in with four goals that season. But it was generally excellent for us. And at the start of the 11 12 season, Newcastle were linked with Brown. I think they want it was like they were talking about needing a replacement for Kevin Nolan. I think they put in like a £7 million bid. But Brown said that he didn't want to leave Celtic and he felt privileged to be the captain. Thank God he stayed because he was very important for us, John, in terms of going on that winning run like we did. That The way we turned the form around that season, um, and some of his performances, some of his goals that season, I remember similarly the goal he scored against Rangers with the left foot uh, the previous season, the, the 
the Bruni, of course, but it was against Mirren up at Paisley, and he got a ball for I think Forrest played it into him in the corner, and he just curled it into the top uh, corner with his left foot. A brilliant goal, and I was stunned to see that for the second season running. But yeah, Scott Brown, um, his best ever goals tally was 2008-2009 when he scored seven in total, but the 11-12 season, he scored six in total for us. And as we said earlier on, John, this was the start of Scott Brown being the captain for the nine-in-a-row era. Exactly. I mean, he ended up winning like 10 leagues with us, which is pretty phenomenal, but nine-in-a-row was captain is just... Ridiculous, really. I mean, there's no way he would have thought, even knowing he probably thinks Big E's selling, rightfully so, I doubt he'd have thought he was going to win 10 titles with us, 9 in his captain. But no, I mean, like, season 11-12, again, I'm going to have to give credit to Lenny Boy about how him and Brown and the team all managed to get together and recover for what at one stage looked to be, like, just a hopeless league situation. I mean... Well, like, even everybody goes on about that game up at Kamala when we drew three each. But, I mean, after that, two games after that, we drew on each at home with Habs. I think we were still, like, at least double figures, points behind. And, all right, Rangers did fall apart that season. And, of course, they ended up liquidating at the end of the season. But we still deserve credit for, like, going in some ridiculous, like, I think, 23-24 match on beat and run. And Brown played a big part in that. And... It should look back before this in that season, just a pity we ended up only winning the league because we should have won the treble that season. We really sort of made an arse in that. But no, I mean, that was a memorable season. Like, winning the league again, for the, winning the league for the first time in four years, back where it belongs. So, no, and that was just the start of the success Brown would have. Me and you have a laugh at the story of... <laughs> me and the Brumlin in that game. That was the game you were on TV with your ridiculous shirt, remember? Oh, yes, of course, I remember. <laughs> anyway, I, the audience won't ever see that one. Maybe one day we'll uh, tweet it out for the account, but we'll keep your dignity intact, John. However, <laughs> I do want to talk about Scott Brown, not you and your shirts, and a lot of people don't seem to bring up the fact that Scott Brown's assist for Gary Hooper to make it one each in that 4-2 defeat to Rangers was utterly class. If It, it was like a Xavi-esque pass to Hooper, who put it away brilliantly. It was a brilliant pass to find the like uh, the room to uh, give the ball to Hooper. If we hadn't had flopped so miserably in that second half, I think that goal would have been a lot more memorable. I mean, Al McGregor let one go through his legs and all that day. I mean, that's another thing that is something to always take joy in. But because we were so absolutely mince in the second half, everybody forgets that. And that was a brilliant pass by Brown. It was a brilliant goal. Like, when you look back at great goals we've scored at Ibrooks, that's one of the best, but it's mostly forgotten about because the game was so terrible. 12-13, 13-14, three hits. Rangers were no longer in the league. Celtic never had any credible challenger. What was your memories of Scott Brown in the seasons without Rangers? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to really think about these seasons because they weren't much fun. Not just because I know Rangers. I mean, that's always something to enjoy. But the fact that for the most part... The season sort of dragged. Games in Europe were maybe the highlight only. And of course, Bruni missed the biggest game. He missed the game against Barcelona, which I'm sure probably annoys him. These seasons weren't really much to write about. We did win the league, of course, but we were so massively dominant. I always think it's more fun to be massively dominant when you're against Rangers. He did win the Scottish Cup players in uh, 2013. And the season after that, Neil Lennon's last, like we, we got loads and loads of points, we only lost one league game, but 
were pretty poor in the cups, pretty poor in Europe. Bruni was decent as always, but no, I mean, they seems is one they really very exciting, but we did win the league, so you can't complain. No, and we also won the league in Ronnie Dyler's debut season as well. Scott Brown scoring five goals. One of the goals he scored was in Europe against Red Bull Salzburg in a two-each draw. He was very crucial for Ronnie Dyla, despite the fact that he was <laughs> a few days before the League Cup final. There was that memorable photo of him steaming, eating a sausage supper. Of course, I respected that, but did you have the same level of respect as I did towards him? Of course. I mean, Twitter wasn't as ridiculous then as now, I don't think even then. Well, maybe it was. But I mean, I'm sure it would have caused a much bigger outrage nowadays. But no, we still won that League Cup against Dungeon United. So, pity it wasn't a veggie pizza Bruni was eating. But uh, <laughs> we can't, you can't have everything. But no, I mean, I doubt. Does Bruni regret that? Maybe I doubt. I doubt. I mean, he's the sort of guy that I think probably just gets on with things, gets on with winning. That's what he's been since he started playing football. So, no, I mean, <laughs> good on him. <laughs> now, there was a lot of talk that Scott Brown was on the way out in the 15-16 season, John. We were both very critical as well of him. That performance against Rangers at Hamden in the 2-2 draw loss was just unacceptable. But even in the lead-up to it, the games were a slog. Brown wasn't anywhere near as dynamic as we knew he was capable of capable of being if anything it looked like his influence was starting to wane and he was declining massively as a footballer if you had your weight and i know you're very critical of his penalty miss john you didn't shut up about it for a good <laughs> couple of days with the one that Wes fodringham saved but if you had your weight at the time would you have had scott brown out the door well no that penalty did drive me mad i remember as he went to take it, I thought, oh, no, he's going to miss us. Because I, I didn't go to that game, thankfully. Uh, neither did you. As I remember well what happened that day with you, but I won't talk about it. Out of, uh, <laughs> I won't talk about it out of respect on the podcast. <laughs> no, it really annoyed me the way he just he took it. I don't know, I just thought he's going to miss this. I had it in my head, he's going to miss it, and he did. But he was bad that day. Bloody Andy Awardy playing better than him that day. But I think he did have injury problems that season. We can't even forget that. And even though we did win the league that season, in the second half, we especially said it were pretty shambolic. I mean, I did expect us to beat the New Rangers that day, but I wasn't that shocked that we ended up draw losing to them. When there's a new manager, there's always a clean slate. And especially when it's a brilliant manager like Brendan Rodgers, which he is. I mean, I don't end really likes him that much as a guy for the way he left, but he's a brilliant, brilliant manager. And he was the guy that helped turn around Bruni's career the next season. Indeed, Brendan Rodgers arrived at Celtic and he just seemed to have this medass touch, didn't he, with certain players. Scott Brown was just a clear standout example of that. Of course, you had James Forrest and Callum McGregor as well. But Scott Brown, I mean, his work with him in the 16-17 season was just remarkable. A lot of Celtic supporters were rightly concerned after Brown's performances and there was a lot of rumours of him undermining Ronnie Dyla as well in the 15-16 season. Again, allegedly, there weren't any lawyers to hammer us or anything on this podcast. But Brown proved so many people wrong. Ex-pundits, the fans, even fellow professionals. Everyone thought he was done, but Brown was just so invaluable. And he was one of the, the key ingredients of the amazing 
undefeated run domestically as we won that treble. Brendan Rodgers loved them. Uh, Brown was so, so committed to the cause. He was playing in an excellent system. He knew his role. All the players knew their role under Brendan Rodgers, but Scott Brown really stood out for a lot of fans that season when <laughs> pretty much that entire team, John, you had about eight or nine players that could have said that they were giving me a shout for being the player of the year that season anyway in that Celtic team. But, I mean, Scott Brown just held the defensive midfield role, made it his own that season. Um, he just galvanised that team, John, at a time when they were needing a shot in the arm. Scott Brown was the dynamic captain that we need, that we needed him to be. And I know that you certainly raved about him that season, I believe, as well, when you were doing stuff for TJDS blog. It was his iconic celebration against Hapwell Bersheva. You had as a cover photo. You, I remember being in Turkey watching that game. Scott Brown then, 16-17. What really stood out for you? No, just the way he came back. And even if you think about how that season started, we losing one naughty Lincoln Redimps, which was just surreal looking back at it when you see what happened after it. But he'd been written off and you could understand why. Because that performance in the semi-final really was the low point in his time at Celtic. I'd say he, more than this season, I mean... This season just been like everybody's been rubbish, but I mean that season the team wasn't great. But he who bossed Rangers umpteen times was like second best against bloody Andy Halliday. Finally, he did get a sort of weird revenge on that in December this year. But Brendan Rodgers obviously thought highly of him, kept him as captain, kept him in the team, and like for the. 5-1 game against Rangers onwards, which I think we're going to touch on again shortly. He was just phenomenal for Celtic that season. I mean, as you say, he could have won player of the year that season. He didn't. He? he actually won it the next season, but that just shows you how good a player he was for Celtic. He was player of the year in 2009 and 2018. Nine years apart. That just shows you what kind of player he was for us, and big credit for that has to go to Brendan Rodgers, who... He'll never be, I don't think, liked by Celtic fans, but I think in time he'll be respected because he was a brilliant manager. That unbeaten season, the invincible season, is superb. It should be recognised forever, no matter what Rangers do this season. Hopefully they don't get an unbeaten league season, but even if they do, it doesn't compare to what we've done that season. And Rogers deserves a big part in revitalising Brown's career. I mean, I think a lot of Celtic fans wouldn't have been that upset if Brown had left in the summer of 2016, but thankfully he stayed. No doubt Rodgers encouraged him to stay, and it was fantastic for us. In January 2019, he had a chance to leave. He had a chance to go to Australia. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I I know they were interested, the Australians, in uh, getting him. I think he did think quite strongly about that, but he stayed and decided to sign a two-year contract, as far as I recall. And, of course, this is the last season. If he had left, you couldn't really blame him because he'd done it all for Celtic. But I think he wanted to help stay and to tell the truth, get 10 in a row, which, unfortunately, isn't going to happen. But, no, I mean, at the time, I was hoping maybe just get one last push because he'd been so vital under Rodgers. And, I mean, he was still a vital player in the last few seasons under Neil Lennon up until this season. Unfortunately, there has to be a fall somewhere down the line, and it has been this season, eh, John? Now, we can pretty much spend the next hour talking about the downfalls of Scott Brown's career this season, and it's just been an absolute shit show, hasn't it, for Celtic, all things considered, and the fact that Brown has had to suffer alongside it. It's unfair, but that's what happens when you're a professional footballer in the limelight. You are going to have amazing highs, you're going to have some 
dejecting lows and this entire season has just been one almighty low, hasn't it? Uh, it's not been great, but I mean, you can't just blame him for that. He he recognises his sale. It's not been good enough, I'm sure, if he was asked about it. And I'm sure when he looks back this season and years to come, um, he'll recognise his sale. He was a good enough, the team was a good enough, Lennon was a good enough. I don't think he did any standout performances this season. Amazingly enough, John, I would say the other week at Celtic Park against Rangers, he was actually very decent. He did actually play well that day. That was probably his standout performance of the season so far, which he, I says it all when it comes in March and it's a de-dropper against Rangers. But no, I mean, I'm just, and as I say, it's just a shame that it's ending the way it is with no 10 in a row. It's a shame the way it's ending with no fans at Parkhead to Gee Brown, the reception he deserves. I mean, hopefully by the time we play Aberdeen at Parkhead next season, there'll be some fans there and he can get the the goodbye reception that he deserves. I mean, if he's if he's still at Aberdeen in like 2022, 23, because I think he's a, I think it's a two year deal he's signed and he's still playing. Hopefully then it'll be a full Celtic Park and he can get the standard ovation he richly deserves. But no, I mean I just hope that He's got one last hurrah this season, and during this week, he's telling the players how important it's going to be to like end the season on a high. And if, I, I would be we've we said it on the last pod. I'd be shocked to see if they won the Scottish Cup this season. But he's the sort of guy that is more than capable of getting this team's head together and saying, "Right, we're going to win the Scottish Cup." It would be fitting if his career ended with yet another trophy as Celtic captain. We can go to George Square and celebrate. But we, uh, well, we probably wouldn't be allowed, in fact. But uh, no, I mean, I just hope it ends up with another trophy. I mean, that's the least he deserves. He doesn't deserve to end his Celtic career the way he did, like, with a shambolic league season or worst league season and since, like, 2009, I'd say, 2019. That this season, of course, shouldn't take away for the more than 10 years. Uh, what, 14 years uh services against Celtic. He's I've been a great Celtic player, one of Celtic's best players of the last maybe even the last fifty years, you would have to say. He's been that successful. And I think he probably will get some sort of statue, maybe at Celtic Park one day, you never know. He probably deserves it more than Lenny. We do need those statue update every month then. But also, John, before we move on to our highlights of Bruni, um we, we were going to choose three each. I said that Scott Brown was indeed the captain of the treble treble winning Celtic team, but there we are. It's completely escaped my memory just there up until a minute ago. That we are the quadruple treble champions. I can't believe you didn't point that out and correct me. Shocking co-hosting. So I just forgot that because of the way this season's been fragmented, I forgot we ended up winning the quadruple treble. But of course we did. No, and he was, I think he played in every one of the finals. I don't think he missed a final. I know that James Forrest, like... Missed that last final against Hearts. Okay, that day was a bit of a, a shambles in all honesty. But we still did win it. And I think Brown's ex- Brown might have had a part to play in the penalty shooting. Maybe he like said to them. Maybe he gave Connor Hazel some tips. That's just me theoretically then saying that. Though I don't know if it did happen. But no, that sort of sums up this weird season for Celtic. Where we end up having to beat Hearts in penalties, and then uh, four months later, Hearts lose to Broader Rangers. <laughs> it's been an interesting season, but it was good to see Bruni uh, lift the trophy that day. Now we're going to move on to talk about our personal Scott Brown highlights. We chose three each, John. 
and I'll let you kick off with your first one. Right, okay. My first is the game in, I think it was March, just before Brendan Rodgers left us in the lurch to uh, join Leicester. It was his last ever uh, away league game in charge of Celtic, in fact. And we played Kamarnock at Rugby Park. And I sailed a away game I was actually at, a rarity these days. But no, it was actually at the 17th of February 2019, Nigel. We'd actually struggled that day to create chances. We were on a sort of poorish run. I mean, we were still getting the job done, but we weren't playing great. And Kamarna could get a cut Broadfoot sent off, but we were still desperate to get this goal because if we'd won, we'd have went eight points clear. And we'd lost, I think, at Kilmarnock earlier that season. I think we lost 2-1. So we knew it was going to be hard. But then we got a corner on injury time. Bruni was in the box. The ball broke to him. He took a shot. It deflected uh, off Alec Bruce. And went into the back of the net. We won the game with eight points clear. But of course, the thing everybody remembers is Bruni's celebration. He'd done his usual Bruni. And then he jumped into the fans Everybody was going ballistic. And then he gets set off for a second yellow card. But that that game sort of just won as a league. And the song that was it was sang went Bruni won the league at Rugby Park. And he did that day. That put his eight points clear. It was in February. Rangers were never going to catch us. And they didn't. Even though less than two weeks later, Brendan Rodgers left. Still managed to win the league. And a big part of that has to go to that goal. Probably one of the most important goals that Bruni ever scored for us. Yeah, it was his only league goal that season, John. That season, he played 51 games. The season before, he played 56 games. And then Brendan Rodgers' first season, he played 54 games. Now, you look at that as well for the age he was, you know, in, in his 30s, that is a hell of a lot of games to be playing. Um, and it, it's testament of the fitness and the conditioning that Brendan Rodgers instilled into him, even in the 90th minute. At the age he was against Kilmarnock, he was able to still play a big part for us. And I would say fair play to Brendan Rodgers and his management team for getting the most out of the team, of course, um, up until the dying moments in all the games. But especially Scott Brown himself and as the captain, he took the game by the scruff of the neck. And that, that one, I always remember that too. And it was a very iconic moment. Right, okay. So what's your first memory? 2007. We beat Benfica 1-0 and Scott Brown was on the end of a horror tackle from the guy Binya of Benfica. Now, it was a tackle that would have ended most players' careers, but Brown got up and played on like nothing happened. And I remember always thinking it was a sign that he would grow on to be a big leader for us after that. Like, Binya's tackle was so bad that he would later be issued a six-game ban. But Brown played on for a few minutes and then Snow came on for him in the 90th minute to waste time. It helped us get the three points and got us over the line and essentially we got out that very, very tough group. It, can, it was consisted of Shakhtar, Benfica and AC Milan, which is some feat. But yeah, I just remember that tackle, John. It was, it was uh, seen it in real time. And I remember thinking, he's done. You know, that is, that's like a three or four monther, potentially more. But he just got up and did his usual, laughed about it and then acted like <laughs> it, it never happened. Um, do you remember the one I'm talking about? I do. It was an absolutely terrible tackle. UEFA don't usually hammer players for bad tackles, but that really was... Like, it could have been out for a month, if not like a year, if he hadn't been a bit luckier. But no, as you said, he just got on with it, like typical Bruni. I mean, if you look if you look at that terrible tackle that Sam Cosgrove done it on him up at Aberdeen that time a few years ago, 
mean, he just got on with it as usual. I think he pulled his shorts up and laughed. And it's sort of typical Bruni. But no, I mean, these sort of bad challenges didn't really phase him. And again, that just shows you how strong a player he was, like physically and mentally. And that really was a bad challenge. And it's just a relief, really, that he didn't get a terrible injury out of it. So give us your second Bruni highlight then. Well, mine's is a goal against a team that actually did score a few goals against the uh, Hearts. That was a big game for us because we were a point ahead at Rangers. And it was, I think, just the week before they actually had the administration. So, but it was still a tight title race. And we'd done brilliant, obviously, to get top of the league at uh, December when we beat Rangers 1-0 when Ledley scored. But, I mean, the title race was still on. Tynecastle was never easy for us then. In fact, it wasn't easy ever against Hearts in the days. And, of course, they beat us at Hamden a couple of months later. But, no, I mean, they started off brightly. They had a corner. A Stephen Elliott it was. And it looked, he had a shot, a close-range shot. It looked like it got over the line before Foster saved it. But the referee didn't gear. We broke down the pitch. Brown passed it to Forrest. It ended up going to Samaras. It broke in the pitch to Brown. And he hammered it in. Fair inside the penalty box, done his usual celebration, and we ended up winning four nothing, and that took us four points clear, and we didn't look back that season where the lead only increased, and big part of that has to go to that win and that goal. If we had given away that goal early, we might not have won the league and lost that game. We might not have won the league so easily. I mean, Rangers probably would have still won the administration, but no, that was. That was a huge goal. I mean, Bruni was always a player for the big occasions, and that was certainly one of them. So that's my second, Bruni highlight. And what's your second? The bodying of Joseph Joey Barton by the legend Scott Brown. It really was so colossal. There was all this talk, John, by the media hyped it up, yes, and they were basically slagging off Brown, saying that he was setting best to Joey Barton because he happened to be a quote-unquote hard man in the English Premiership but Barton was just humiliated and <laughs> he went back to England you know, with his tail between his legs I think Scott Brown had so many digs at him after the game as well but it was just the game that I think John set the tone for overall dominance over Rangers there was all this speculation that Barton was going to come up here and boss it because of what he'd done down, at, down in um, England with QPR and everything but Essentially, what had he ever won compared to Scott Brown? You know, that's where actions speak louder than words in that respect. You can, the fact is, Joey Barton never won a thing down in England. Scott Brown won plenty up here, and you can dish it out, you can get all the red cards, and you can mouth off and be a thug all you want down there. But if you've not won anything and you can't back up your words, then you're always going to be second best, and that's what Joey Barton was that day. Scott Brown just completely bodied him, the pace up here totally passed Barton by, he was never to be seen again, and Celtic beating Rangers was the biggest story that day, and that was what was most important, but Scott Brown, on a personal level, must have felt amazing after that, and but had Scott Brown been second best to Joey Barton in that game, who would have known what it would have went like for the rest of the season, his confidence and his general swagger, he might have not had that, but the fact is, you know, it, Scott Brown just stamped his authority all over him and all over Rangers in that, that game. And I think he was so confident after it, he was able to swagger about because he'd earned it. And essentially, yeah, it was the start of what would be so many great memories over Rangers for the next three, four years at least. It was a brilliant performance. As you say, everybody hyped it up to be this big, massive battle, midfield battle. 
between Barton and Bruni. And it ended in the uh, when before the game when the teams were shaking hands and Barton wouldn't even look at him. And that showed that Barton wasn't up for it. And Bruni just took over. And it was another triumph against Rangers in a time where there was loads. And my last game is... My last memory is a triumph against Rangers, a more recent one. It's the 1st of September 2019 when we won 2-0 at Ibrooks. A game where I think a lot of people were worried but were going to lose because they'd started that season well. They did help by playing a sort of weird system, but it didn't stop us for taking control in the middle of the park. And Bruni was a big part of that. He didn't score that day like in the other memories I've picked, but he helped us control the middle of the park. It's probably the last time we've dominated Rangers. I mean, we did beat them in that League Cup final a couple of years ago, but we, we were a bit lucky. But Bruni helped us dominate the midfield. Eddie and Johnny Hayes get the goals. And that was a huge boost because I was genuinely worried about playing Rangers that day for the first time in yonks. I thought, I'm concerned they're going to beat us here and like take big confidence. But we got the win. It was a fantastic win. And Bruni and the Celtic midfield were a big part of that, and he dominated the Rangers midfield that day. So, what's your third and final Bruni memory? Again, John, it's his ability to just work a work and noise people up. John, me and you, oh, I don't know about now, but we watched the wrestling, and we can appreciate gimmicks and part. But in March 2019, Celtic beat Rangers 2-1. We got a wee bit lucky with it, but it was a win nonetheless. And just by laughing at Andy Halliday after... The final whistle, it enraged half the Rangers team. It caused such a rammy. Um, Wes Fodringham, I think Scott Arfield and everything, and all their fans in the corner were screaming for him to be jailed. I actually think Police Scotland <laughs> might have got involved as well. My memory on that one's a wee bit hazy. I should probably do my research, but I'm a lazy podcaster. Disgraceful. But I do remember Police Scotland having to maybe get involved or come out and just say to Rangers fans, look, Calm down, all right? It's it's Harley Piper Alpha. But it was the fact that Vinnie Jones, Ian Holloway, and even Stephen Gerrard were all just <laughs> queued up to have a go at him. It was entertainment, and it was just his ability to get under the skins, generally, John, of opposition fans, players alike. It's just been tremendous to see. They don't like him because he is a winner. He's a wind-up merchant, but is that no essentially what sport and entertainment is about as well? Certainly is. Sports entertainment, indeed. I'm sure that was the same game that Ryan Kent punched him. Didn't get sent off in another uh, intriguing refereeing decision. But no, I mean, they didn't like him, number one, because he wound people up, and number two, because he was a winner. And it's just a pity that this season, so far, he's not been a winner. But of course, we hope that changes in the Scottish Cup. So many so many memories we could have picked. But I mean, I'm sure the, the listeners have got their own. But no, that's our, our six memories anyway for... So many glorious years of Scott Brown. Indeed, and as I said, you know, I expected you to have the Brunies one, and I was strongly thinking about the Brunies celebration at Ibrooks, but I think what sells it is the fact that ultimately, as great as it was, we never won anything. Well, we never won the league that season, which was what we were after. And El Has Juf sadly had the last laugh in that respect, but long term, Scott Brown was always the winner there. When we're talking about, you know, the one major low point. I'll get into mine after yourself, so I'll let you take over here. I think it just has to be this season, basically. I mean, okay, Mowbray's season's manager was dreadful. Throwing the league away up at Inverness was dreadful. 
But no, this season especially, I mean, never, I'm not blaming Brown, but he is a part of the team this season and he'll accept himself that it's not been good enough by him or the rest of the team. And no, it's a, it's a shame really that I have to pick this because it's not just his fault, but I mean, this season, when you look at how important it was for everybody and the way it's turned out, this is really, this is probably the biggest disappointment uh, a Brown, no, as time it's said, no an overall performance, then, but just the team's overall performance, and like he's one of the biggest characters in the team. So, unfortunately, I need to pick this season so far. You know, it's been painful because he shouldn't have been played in so many games, and Lennon was too loyal to him. In fact, when Lennon brought him on to change a game, he was immediately sent off up at Livingston when Brown was never a player who could be considered a general liability for us. But this season, with each passing game, it has been harming the team and the gradual downfall of Celtic and Brown has been very sad to witness. I think not getting a chance to say goodbye to the fans is a cruel way to bow out as, you know, I know he had a testimonial, John, but he does deserve one final cheerio to the supporters. But I'm sure he's already over that and he's looking ahead to the future because, you know, that's what guys like him are all about. He doesn't dwell on the past. He'll be already thinking about what he can do to improve Aberdeen and to enhance his career even further, I guess. Maybe that's a sign of things to come for the rest of the season. Like, as you say earlier, he did play well against Rangers last week. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe hopefully he can take confidence for that. I would imagine, like, we're playing, was it, we're playing Falkirk next in the Cup. I would imagine he'll probably start that game. I would imagine he'll play most of the games this season. And as we've said, he doesn't deserve the season to end. He doesn't deserve, like, an end his Celtic career that he's had. And... It's just a shame the way it's ending, but that doesn't take away from the rest of his time at Celtic, which has been a phenomenal success, and he's probably one of Celtic's best players in the last 50 years, I'd say. Well, there we go, John. That was emotional, but it was an unusual half hour. It's going to be stretched out a wee bit longer, but it's fitting to celebrate the career of Scott Brown at Celtic. And we will be back. We are playing Falkirk on Saturday, the 3rd of April, but we'll no doubt have a podcast out after that, reviewing that game, John. It's been a weird one, because it's been a weird week for Celtic, hasn't it? Aye, I mean, we've got our captain announcing he's leaving, there's non-stop managerial rumours, and we're not playing this week, so it's another interesting week at Celtic, but no, I mean, here's to Scott Brown, a Celtic, a Celtic legend. How very fitting, how very appropriate. I thought you were going to do your usual burn one for him there, but you only use that when uh, there's a passing, don't you? I do, yes. I'll leave that for, no, for many years to come. What I will say is burn one for GigPod episode 39, because this is it. It's the end of this show. I'm Stevie. As always, you know where to find us on the podcast apps. I don't need to tell you, so I'll break it down anymore. Everybody's been subscribing, and that's what we love to see. Some more reviews have been coming in on different apps, not on iTunes, but... Whenever you leave us a review, we're always grateful, aren't we, John? We are. Thanks, Stevie. And we'll see everybody next week when we do our our podcast after the Falkirk game when hopefully we've booked our place in the next round of the Scottish Cup as we attempt to salvage the season. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll speak to you soon, and hail, hail.
Sports Social Podcast Network.